0: Good morning, welcome everyone to St. James Lutheran Church. We want to welcome all of you who are watching us on Facebook Live, and we're so thankful that you've joined with us today as we praise and worship our Lord. This is the fifth Sunday in Lent, and so we're going to be focusing on some Lenten themes. The scripture readings today will remind us of the hope that we have in our Lord, our living Lord who brings life to us, and I'll be preaching about that I'll also be concluding the sermon series that we started six weeks ago. The sermon series in which we're looking at the values that we have as members of St. James. And today I'm going to be talking about the value we have of being discipled as, as followers of Jesus Christ and also our commitment to Christian education. In each of the three scripture readings today, we will hear of how the Holy Spirit brings us to new life. And in the first lesson from Ezekiel 37, we hear of the Spirit bringing life to a valley of dry bones. And he brings life to these valley of dry bones through the power of the word. And then in the epistle lesson in Romans chapter 8, again, we have Paul talking about how the spirit of the Lord gives us life. And we live in the freedom of of God's love and forgiveness in Christ in whom there's no condemnation. And then in the gospel reading, it's not so much about the spirit of the Lord, but we see there personally, Jesus himself has the power of life As he is the resurrection and the life, and he even does a great miracle of bringing his friend Lazarus back from the dead. Well, we read first of all Ezekiel thirty-seven. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were many on the surface of the valley. Behold, they were very dry. And you shall know that I am the Lord. And so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. And so I prophesied, as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We're clean cut off. declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. The second reading for this, the fifth Sunday in Lent, is taken from Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Out of respect for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I invite you to rise to hear the words of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 11th chapter. Glory Glory to you, you, O Lord. Lord. When Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, he went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, and his hands and feet were bound with linen strips, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to, him, said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary had seen what he, had, what he did, believed in him, but some of them went to the Pharisees and 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 told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish." He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put Jesus to death. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Indeed, let the ancient words impart to us, O Lord, that which you would want us to hear and learn this day. And as we listen to your ancient words, may they revive and refresh us as we live in your boundless love each and every day of our lives. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, grace and mercy and peace belong to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who is the resurrection and the life. For this morning's message, I'm going to start off in the Old Testament lesson from Ezekiel 37, and then I'm going to move us into the epistle lesson, and then finally end up with the gospel reading for today. And so we start off by listening to these words from Ezekiel 37. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. This is our text. Ezekiel's prophecy of the Valley of Dry Bones is strange indeed. I mean, what lessons could we possibly learn from, from such a text? Well, Ezekiel's vision is a, is a, is a real metaphor, it's a graphic metaphor, of, a, of the political and spiritual condition of the people of Judah. God's people have experienced an invasion by pagan Babylonians. Fear and panic overwhelm parents and children as they are separated from one another, either by deportation or by death itself. Ezekiel, the prophet, is himself exiled to the country of Babylon. Their possessions are confiscated, they're trashed, they're stolen. Their own beloved temple, built by Solomon, is reduced to rubble. And these people who once thought that they were invincible because they were the people of God, now realize that their whole nation is in tatters. And instead of feeling confident and sure of themselves, they find themselves worrying. There's sadness. There's distress. There's disorientation. There's sleepless nights. There's exhaustion. Distraught. They cry out, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We're cut off. Yes, politically, they are a valley of dry bones. They're a dead nation. They're a people who are conquered and oppressed by a foreign enemy. But worse than that, The Valley of Dry Bones also describe the people of Judah in their spiritual condition. For you see, they are a spiritually dead nation. They are a Valley of Dry Bones dead nation. And this should not have really come as a surprise to them because God had repeatedly told them that this would happen if they did not repent and believe in Him. In a previous chapter in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel had said to the people of Judah, Repent and turn away from all your offenses, and then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourself of all the offenses that you've committed, and get a new heart and get a new spirit. Why will you die, O people of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord. Instead, repent and live. Unfortunately, The people of Judah did not listen to the words of this prophet. They did not repent and they did not turn to the Lord. And even though there were other prophets sent to them, they still refused to repent and and live in in the Lord's love and forgiveness. Instead, they embraced a way of death. They paid allegiance to false gods. Their worship of the true God had become a mere formality, if you will. They continued to form political allegiances and alliances with foreign powers instead of trusting in the Lord as they had been commanded to by by the prophets of God. And they indulged themselves in sexual immorality. They abused and took advantage of the poor. And their disobedience resulted not only in the death of their nation, but it also resulted in their own personal, spiritual death. Spiritually, they were the walking dead. They were a valley of dry bones. But the valley of dry bones prophecy is not a dire prophecy. It's actually a word from God that is filled with hope. It's a prophecy that speaks of revival and restoration and resurrection. For in this prophecy, the Spirit of the Lord is going to resurrect and revive and restore a nation. That's the meaning of this text. The Lord promises these exiles of Judah. He says, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you in your land And then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Yes, the Lord fulfilled this promise to the people of Judah in about 70 years from the time of this prophecy. Yes, the people waited for 70 years before they would rise up and return to their own land. But God would be faithful to that promise. The adversary that we face today is COVID 19. We wonder will the Lord deliver our nation, our world, from this valley of dry bones? This is certainly our prayer and our hope, isn't it? I mean, we have the, the best minds and the most talented people working on a solution for this, for this virus. We have health care providers providing much-needed care to those who, who need that health care. We have governments and private enterprise working together in partnerships so that they might come up with a solution to this common cause that we have. And history certainly testifies to the fact that pandemics come and pandemics go what will be our nemesis maybe six months from now what might be our enemy two or three years from now do you think by that time the spirit of the Lord will awaken us from our spiritual apathy that affects us as individuals that spiritual apathy that affects us as a nation What might it be for us personally that might oppress us six months, a year, two years from now? Might it be a debilitating disease? Might it be a fractured family or a fractured friendship? Might it be another natural disaster or a man-made disaster that is oppressing us? Might it be an unexpected death? An ongoing struggle with an unwanted vice? Will we still find ourselves spiritually apathetic to the ways of the Lord? Will we still refuse to hear his call to us to repent and to live in his love and forgiveness in Christ Jesus? Will we find ourselves bone tired, slipping into despair and depression because of the way our life is, because of its emptiness? Will we still feel at times helpless and hopeless? Will we find ourselves continuing to lament, "My strength fails because of my misery, and my bones waste away." Well, the Lord again speaks words of hope to us today in this text. He speaks to us words of revival and restoration and resurrection. For it takes these questions lead us back to Ezekiel's vision, in which the Lord asks, "Can these bones live?" And God's answer to his own question is an emphatic, yes. And he says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I will make breath enter you and you will come back to life. And that's what we see in the text, isn't it? One by one, these dry bones come back to life. They're assembled into a skeleton and then they're given sinews and flesh and then there's life breath breathed into them and they come to life and and they're a vast army. You see, the life creating, the life renewing, the life invigorating spirit of the Lord breathes new life into lifeless dry bones. He breathes new life and renewed life into us when we're overwhelmed with the way our life is when god calls ezekiel to be his prophet we're told in chapter 3 of ezekiel's book that that god said to ezekiel son of man eat this scroll that i'm giving you and fill your stomach with it and so ezekiel eats the scroll so to speak And he says, it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Sir Francis Bacon said, some books are to be tasted, some are to be swallowed, and some few to be chewed and digested. My friends, the Bible, God's holy word to us, is a book that is to be chewed and digested. Here's a passage worth chewing on and digesting. It comes from the second reading from today, from Paul's letter to the Romans, the 8th chapter, where he says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set us free, free from the law of sin and death. This is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible I actually have a number of favorite passages in the whole Bible but this is one that I have committed to memory there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus oh how many times have I tasted that and, and I've chewed on it and I've digested it and I've found those words of God to be so sweet sweeter than honey to my taste And I hope as you now consider these words too that they will be sweeter than honey for you. For you see, you and I deserve to be condemned for our sin. That's what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that we were born imperfect, that we were not holy. were We're told in the Bible that there's no way that even by our good deeds that we can ever please God or meet the holiness standard that he has set for us. In fact, the first three chapters in the book of Romans, we see a courtroom scene where, where there's a, a prosecuting attorney bringing his case against those who are, who are being condemned. And, and every single person in this world is condemned, it says. There is no one who does good. No, not even one. And that includes you, and that includes me. And so we deserve God's condemnation for our sin. And yet, the great news is in the scriptures that God sent His Son into this world so that His Son might suffer and die on the cross for your sins and for my sins. He takes our place. It's like He steps forward in the courtroom and says, Here am I. I will take that person's judgment. And He does. And He becomes condemned for us. Condemned on a cross. And as Jesus dies on that cross, He endures the wrath of His Father for your sin and mine. And as a result... Paul can say there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. When God looks at you and me, he doesn't see a sinner. He sees one forgiven, a person forgiven by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't that just sweeter than honey to your taste? I mean, isn't that an amazing message? Isn't that a message of hope? Isn't that a message that brings you renewal, regeneration, new life? This is not just for a select few. But this truth is for all people. God says through the prophet Ezekiel, repent and live. Yes, repent of your sin and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will experience this life that Jesus alone gives through his shed blood on the cross. It's a life that comes to us through through his word. It's a life that comes to us through holy baptism. And so, my friends, I may be speaking to someone today who has felt as though they're far from God that they've done things, that that maybe you've done things that you just think that there's no way that God could ever love me. Well, cast those ideas aside. Repent of your sin. And hear these words of St. Paul. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Come to Jesus and he will wrap his arms around you his blood-stained arms, and he will wrap those arms around you and he'll receive you with his love and mercy and grace. That's why we as members of St. James Lutheran Church value being discipled in God's word. That's why we're so committed to operating a Christian school called Emmanuel St. James Academy. It's because we want to continue to know that God loves us in Christ. We want to continue to experience that new life and the renewing life that the Spirit of God works in us as we study His Word, as we live in God's love and forgiveness each and every day of our lives. We realize that discipleship involves listening to and learning from and living for the Master, Jesus Christ. And as we live in His love, He renews and refreshes us. We pray, breathe on me, O breath of God. Fill me with life anew, that I may love all that you do, or love all that you love and do what you would do. One of the blessings of living in Christ's love and forgiveness is knowing that even in death, the Spirit of the Lord can give us life. Even in death, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection and the life, promises us everlasting life. Pastor Rinkart lived in a small German town of Eilenburg during the 17th century. And during his lifetime, he and his community experienced the Thirty Years' War. And on three separate occasions, that little town of Eilenburg was ransacked. But worse than that actual war for that town was the plague that hit it. Yes, the plague attacked Eilenburg, and some 8,000 people died as a result of the plague. And as the pastor of that community, Pastor Rinkert, continued to minister to the people throughout that sorry ordeal. But it was in the midst of, of that horrendous difficulty that Pastor Rinkert put pen to paper and he composed the hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. It's a hymn that many of us in the Christian church sing well, throughout the year, but especially on Thanksgiving Day. Listen to these words that he penned, first verse now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices who wondrous things has done and whom his world rejoices who from our mother's arm has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. How could Pastor Rankart write such a hymn of thanksgiving and praise when faced with such dire situations in life, when he is surrounded by death. Didn't he notice the suffering? Didn't he care? Oh, he saw the suffering, and he experienced the death, and he ministered to those who were dying. But in the midst of the death and the dying, he also declared to them a message The message that he had learned from the words of sacred scripture. He gave to them the message of Jesus, who said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. The most oppressive enemy that you or I will ever experience and face is death itself. Death ever looms in our lives like a menacing brute, whether we're fighting coronavirus or now coronavirus. I mean, even as we have been fighting this coronavirus and the ticker keeps going up of the number of deaths, the reality is that there are people dying all around the world because of of other reasons. I mean, there's heart disease and abortion and cancer and stroke and Alzheimer's and diabetes and influenza and pneumonia and suicide and the list goes on and on of people dying each and every day. but there's still hope. There's always hope in Jesus Christ. It's not embodied in the valley of bones. No, the hope is embodied in the person of Jesus himself. The one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And we see the power of Jesus Christ in that, in that gospel reading where he raises his friend Lazarus back from the dead, gives him life. Lazarus had been dead for four days, and yet by the power of his word, Jesus gives his friend life. Well, it's through the power of his word that the Spirit of the Lord gives you and me life. It's through the power of His Word that He can make dry bones live again. It's through the power of His Word that Jesus promises you and me that we will live now and forever. And it's by the power of His Word that one day, Jesus will return in His glory and He will shout with the power of His Word, Come forth! And all those dry bones, all of those people who have died believing in Christ as their Savior, All of those dry bones will be raised from the dead, and we will live forever, forevermore in the glories of the new heaven and earth with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yes, no matter what we face in life, we can always sing, Now Thank We All Our God, because we know that in Jesus, we know in the power of the Spirit of the Lord that we will live both now and forevermore in his love. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.